Okay, so Bezras Hashem, tonight we're going to be continuing with our series of Shirim on entering into the Sea of Wisdom based on the weekly Torah of the Gon and the Tzaddik, Rav Yitzchak Maya Morgenstern Shlita. And the teaching that we're going to be focusing on is going to be coming from a Shir on Chaim Maharan that was given over Erev Shabbos, Parshas Tetzaveh. Now, it's a short Nakuda. It's a short Nakuda. So I, I do want to introduce a little bit based on something that was printed in the previous week. So it's obviously an idea that the Rebbe had spoken about in Nishmas and Chadasin, which means the night of Shabbos the previous week. And then the idea made its way into the Thursday night shear as well. Now the idea is as follows, that B'derach Klal we understand from the Nefesh HaChayim, from Rav Chaim as well as from the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, that there are always two ways for an individual to look at the world, to look at themselves, to look at reality. And this is obviously not something that is relegated to the writings of the later tzaddikim, the Tamidim of the Grah, and the Tamidim of the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh, but this is something that is rooted in the teachings of the Arizal, and which is rooted in the teachings of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, which are ultimately rooted in the teachings of Moshe Rabbeinu Raya Mehemna. That there are two perspectives, so to speak, that an individual can utilize in terms of contemplating the nature of reality. And for me, more importantly than contemplating the nature of reality, contemplating the role of the self once we understand the nature of reality. That like the, the Gemara tells us in Maseches Chagiga, that when it comes to Maisa Merkava, when it comes to studying the ideas of the chariot, when it comes to contemplating the deepest ideas of reality itself, so it's never meant to simply be an intellectual process strictly for the sake of contemplation without any impact on the self. But rather, as Chazal point out, there is Yafa Mekayim, and there's also Yafa Doresh when it comes to the Maisa Merkava. There are those who teach it properly. And then there's also a Yafa Mekayim, someone who accomplishes it properly. And the Tzadikim of Ishbitz and Radzin and also the Tamidim of the Gra ask the question, what does it mean Yafa Mekayim? What does it mean to be an individual who is Mekayim? the words of Maisa Merkava. And what the Baal Tcheles points out in his Sefer Psil HaTcheles in describing the, the pertinence and the value of the redemptive mitzvah of Tcheles, he explains that his grandfather, the Meshiloach, on his Bar Mitzvah day, put Tfilin on him, and he revealed to him all of the secrets of Tfilin. And what came out from that conversation is that there's not a single secret, not a single teaching in Panimiya Satora that should not or cannot be applied to the individual as they find themselves in that present moment. And everything that has ever been said when it comes to the esoteric realms of the secrets of Torah, the teachings of Hasidus, of Kabbalah, of Lithuanian Kabbalah, of Svardi Kabbalah, whatever it is, has a direct impact on how the person is functioning in that moment itself. And so when it comes to understanding the question of Yichari Law and Yichad Tata, the upper unity and the lower unity, the transcendent perspective of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's role in reality, as well as the imminent perspective of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's role in reality. It's not simply something to contemplate for the sake of knowledge. That's also good. That's also a kiyom in the mitzvah of Talmud Torah and a kiyom in the mitzvah of Ha'amanas Alokus and the Yichud Hashem. And according to many of the Moine HaMitzvah and the Rishonim, contemplating these ideas, learning Tanya, learning Nefshachayim is simply one of the accomplishment moments of the greatest mitzvahs in the Torah, above and beyond Talmud Torah. But ultimately, for the sake of, of healing, a person has to recognize that they're sick and, and that the Torah that they're learning in this moment is medicine. And the question is ultimately, how is this Torah going to heal me right now? And so 
the Balatanya and the Nefshachayim both split reality into two perspectives, Yichad Ilah and Yichad Tata, the upper perspective of unity and the lower perspective of unity. So first and foremost, already out of the gate, we have this contradictory, almost paradoxical notion that the notion of unity itself, which implies singularity, is split into two. So that consciousness is always already broken up into two perspectives, two paths. That even within the realm of unity itself, of understanding yichud, there's already two options. There's yichud ilah and there's yichud tata. We see this in the Balatanya when he already immediately throws us into the recognition of nefesh Bahamas and nefesh alokus. We find this in so many different places that the soul itself is always already split into two. Like the Chazal tell us, that are based on the Pasuk, Achas zushamati, that HaKadosh Baruch who spoke once, but the human being hears twice. It's not because we misheard, but because to be human is to always hear the duplicitous echo of a singular voice that we can't grasp except by way of an echo, which always appears as two. So when it comes to contemplating the unity of HaKadosh Baruch in this world, there's the upper perspective of Yichad and there's the lower perspective of Yichad Now famously, the Balatanya and the Nefesh who are at least historically apparently in Machlokas, and I put scare quotes there because for the Tzaddik, Rav Itchamaya Morgenstern Shlita, as is clear, there's no Machlokas when it comes to Ikare Hayahadus. There's no real Machlokas when it comes to the Balatanya, when it comes to the Nefshachayim. That doesn't mean that they're saying the same thing. It's not collapsing one opinion into the other in order to deny any back and forth in thought, but ultimately, no matter what conclusion one comes to, there are two ways of saying the same thing. In the Nefshachayim, the perspective of Yichud Ilah, that elevated perspective of divine awareness where everything is null and void in the face of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Enoin Mavado, that's referred to in the Nefshachayim as Memale Kol Almin, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu fills all worlds. And in the Tanya, that perspective of the divine unity of Enoin Mavado, where there's nothing that exists other than HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that all separation and individualism and identity and selfhood and egoisms are simply symptoms of being human. But in truth, the truest essence of all things is the annihilating light of the infinite to the extent that subjectivity melts into the objectivity of God, so to speak. In the writings of the Tanya, that's referred to as Soivev Kalalman. Now, different Sadiqim had different perspectives of what this this linguistic shift was. Rav Shlomo Fischer, Aleinu, pointed out in his drashos that it was simply a linguistic shift. Lubavitcherebi, Aleinu, felt that it was far more than a linguistic shift. And Ravitchemeyer would point out, like anything else, it's Eluva Elu Deverlekim Chaim. The language represents the essence as well. But suffice it to say, there's this split between Yichud Ilah and Yichud Tata of a perspective of Akadosh Baruch Hu's presence in our lives that negates all difficulty, that negates all need to worry about anything, theoretically to even worry about, you know, failures, to worry about productivity. In this perspective of Enon Mavado, a person can quite literally, as Chazal tell us, when it comes to Yom Kippur, you can sleep through Yom Kippur and you can still have the kapar you need. It's no longer dependent on Bechira. A human being doesn't have the power to mess things up at that level of Yichadilah. Yichad Tata is the place of Bechira, is the place of choices between good and bad, ugly and beautiful, Pasal and Mutter, Tameh and Tahor. That's the place of the Eitzadas Tovera, that's the place of human volitional behaviors, that's the place of Schar and Oynesh. And typically speaking, according to the Nefshachayim, according to the Tamidim of the Gra, and without going into the depths of these sugyas because it's, it's infinite, but according to the Nefshachayim, the perspective of Yichud Ilah, 
of living at that space of awareness of the full totality of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence and the saturation of the infinite within the finite itself is off limits. You can't think that way. You're not allowed to look there. Now, the reasons are understandable. If a person looks too much over there, they can lose themselves, right? If a person spends too much time contemplating the unbridled unity of all things, they can begin to question the validity of distinction and separation between good and bad. But there seems to be a prohibition according to the Talmidim of the Vilna Gon, as expressed in the Nefshachayim most famously, to contemplate the secrets of Yichadila. But for the Barshemtov, permission has been granted. Everybody studies the writings of Yichadila. Everybody knows that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is infinite and everywhere, and that ultimately even our own most desires and, and deficiencies are all part of the grand plan of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that we don't have to worry as much because everything is good, everything is going to be good, everything was good, and everything will be good. And the Baal Shem Tov, not only did he allow for this to be understood in a revealed way, but there was a demand, especially through the writings of Chabad Hasidus as well as Rabbi Nachman, there was an, a demand, a call for every person to contemplate this perspective as much as they possibly can. And so we see this distinction between the world of Lita and the world of the Baal Shem Tov and his Tamidim when it comes to contemplating, to thinking about this calming perspective of the infinite presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now again, that's going to vary depending on where a person is at. That might just mean words, empty words. That might be something that is comforting for a moment, or that may be something that allows a person to take a deep breath and relax when everything seems to be on fire. Yichud ilah is this perspective where all things go back to the clarity of Ein Oin Movado. What that means for a person in their own lives is going to be relative to their own particular standing of what those words Ein Oin Movado or Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad means. That Yichud is the recognition of Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu, the Shem Havaya, which represents the unbridled presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's infinite present nature in all things, unchangeable, indivisible. Elohim represents distortion and shapes and differences and difficulty and confrontation and war. And what we recognize in Shema Yisrael of that proclamation of the Yichari Law is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the same both before creation and after creation. And ultimately the creation does nothing but veil the infinite light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. On the level of Yichad Tata, however, it's Baruch Shein Kavod Malchus Lelemvod. We say it silently. We have to hide the fact that we're acknowledging HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence down here. That smelly experience, that pungent odor that Chazal tell us, Moshe Rabbeinu was afraid to say Baruch Shem Kavoyin Malchus Why? Because it was like a princess who smelt Sike Kedera. She smelled a pungent odor, but it was still appetizing to her. That pungency of experience that emerges specifically out of the distortions of life and the ability to say Bashkemelut, to say Baruch Shem Kavoyin Malchus in that place, that's the Koyach of Yichad Tata. So Kuliamalo pligi that a person has to live with the perspective of Yichud Tata, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a relationship with existence, has a relationship with me. But according to the Baal Shem Tov and his students, a person can always contemplate Yichud Ilah, the recognition that even my notion of selfhood and subjectivity is a concealment of the true nature of all things. While the Talmidim of the Vilna Gaon, in particular the Nefshachayim, would say that that's not allowed to be contemplated, except the Nefshachayim famously gives certain parameters in which like an Eis Lasos Lashem, Hifru Sarosecha, a person can come and begin contemplating those secrets of Yichri 
And what the Nefshachayim describes in Shar Gimel of Nefshachayim is that when a person finds themselves in dire straits, when a person finds themselves in places of concealment, in places of existential danger, whether it be psychological, whether it be emotional, whether it be physical, the Nefshachayim almost he gives this, this clarion call, this beautiful, almost poetic expression of the need that when things get really tough to close the eyes and to recognize that, oh, in truth, beyond the halacha of not being allowed to contemplate the infinite presence of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, the infinite presence of a Kaddish Baruch Hu covers all things and it and it holds all things together, and there's nothing to be afraid of. And so the Rebbe. Ravitchamari Morgenstern is going to really point out what this Nukuda Namachlokas is. Because what, what Ravitchamari is describing over here in this Keta is what does it mean to be someone who follows the path of the Balsham Tavakadosh? What exactly is added in a person's life when they learn to study the writings of the Balsham Tov or to tap into that zeitgeist that was opened up with the emergence of the Balsham Tov HaKadosh. It was certainly not just an expression of new ideas. It was not an expression of new ways of reading the Torah, but it was a cosmological shift in the sense that prior to the Balsham Tov, these things were not revealed in a way that were accessible to the human mind. And after the Balsham Tov, these things began to be open and accessible to each and every person, no matter where they find themselves. The Torah was transformed into medicine. It was no longer an ideal that we struggled with grappling to find our relationship with, to be a student of the Baal Shem Tov was to live these ideas as if they needed to save your life. And what the Rebbe points out is that really, there's no machlokas. There's no machlokas between the Baal Shem Tov and the Vilnagon as expressed in Tanya Nefshachayim with regards to one being allowed to contemplate the infinite presence of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, Both agree that you should contemplate these things when you find yourself in an Eistzara, when you find yourself in a place where the concealment and the confusion of this world is too overwhelming. Famously, the briskarov would walk around with the words of the Nefesh and when he would say it properly enough, Nazis would disappear. He became invisible to Nazis. Insane but believable stories for tzaddikim like the briskarov. So the only difference, says Rav Morgenstern, between the Hasidim to be a Talmud of the Baal Shem Tov versus to be a Talmud of the Nefshachayim, and again, to be a Talmud of the Baal Shem Tov means that the Nefshachayim is also saying what the Baal Shem Tov says. Everything is saying what the Baal Shem Tov says. The only difference is what is the nature of a Shas Tzara in this world? What is the nature of to be a human being in this world? According to the Vilnagon and his students, there's a separation between times of calmness and times of chaos. And therefore in times of calmness, you can't contemplate these secrets because it's unnecessary. But in times of chaos, then you need to contemplate these things because it's the only medicine that's going to give you some semblance of comfort. But according to the Rebbe, for the Baal Shem Tov, there was no distinction. To be alive was to be, be in a Shas Sara. To be alive, to be in a Shama in a Guf, to be an infinite thing contained within a finite vessel to be filled with warring desires on the one hand, knowing deeply and intuitively that our neshama wants, yearns for something more than this world can offer. To be like Chazal tell us in the Masilis Hasharim quotes very early on, and the tzaddikim of Ishbitz and Radzin make a tremendous deal out of, to be like a princess, to be like a princess who becomes married to a pauper. And the pauper tries to bring this princess all of the delicacies of his life. But no matter what he brings, he can't satisfy that princess because she's a basmelech. It's a different food. It's a different currency. 
that there's nothing in this world that can satisfy the desire and the craving of the soul. We find ourselves caught up in all different scenarios of maybe this will satisfy it, maybe that will satisfy it, the origins of addictions of all sorts. But ultimately speaking, to be a neshama in this world is to be bitsara. Like Rabbi Nachman tells us so often that this world is an aspect of Gehenim. This world's definitive experience is one of distance, as Rav Tzadok tells us in the beginning of Rasisei Laila, that death on a certain level, the return of the soul back on high is referred to as Noyach Nafshe. Noyach Nafshe, there was comfort again. And as the tzaddikim tell us that it's obvious, it's axiomatic that it would have been easier to not have been created. Now that doesn't mean to run away from being created. It just means it's better to be created, but it's not easier. And this shastzara, this experience of being alive for the Baal Tov is the condition of reality. And if this is the condition of reality and every moment is a moment of shastzara, of difficulty for the neshama, then as Mamela, I can contemplate Yichurila whenever I so please, because I'm aware of the absolute necessity of it at every moment. It's not simply when there's a war. It's not simply when the enemies are around. It's not simply in moments of concealment. It's every breath a person has the capacity to draw down the necessity of contemplating the infinite presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The recognition that at the end of the day, my lack of control is not due to human frailty, but rather it is deeply rooted in the fact that there's a singular source of all things being under control, and that's God. I need to tap into that. And the Rebbe says as follows, What is the essential difference between someone who has accepted upon themselves? The light of the Baal Tov HaKadosh versus someone who has not accepted upon themselves the light of the Baal Tov. The main central point that marks the distinctive territory between those with the Baal Tov versus those without the Baal Tov. And again, part of this is also pointless because nowadays everybody's by the Baal Tov, even the, even the Vilna Gons by the Baal Tov that the, the essential difference is yichurila, the allowance to contemplate that infinite presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. She'elu shalom mekusharim of the Baal Shem Tov, that those who were not connected to the Baal Shem Tov, savru she'enyina yichurila shayach rak le'itimu leprakim, that those who were disconnected or not connected to the Baal Shem Tov felt that yichurila and the contemplation of absolute infinitude was only appropriate at certain moments or certain times. Kegoin be'es ratzon gadol be'es sakana gadoyla. They felt that it was only appropriate at the highest points of Yom Kippur or in the moments of absolute desperation. But the pathway of the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh, that or of Sheishis and Meberashis, that or Hagonuz, that we in this world, to be a soul in this world, we live perpetually in a state of a Sakana we live perpetually in an existential strait of what it means to be a spiritual individual attempting to connect to the true source of all things. Because this world, by definition, is the opposite of that. It's an alma de shikra. It blocks us from that. And the Rebbe adds in parentheses, or the Talmidim added in parentheses, part of the reason that it's so difficult and dangerous to be a spirit in this world is because of the concealing elements, the klipos, those husks of impurity or husks of insignificance that cover over the kernel of significance. She tamsis shmarim hagasim, which is the, the essence of all of the concealing things in this world. 
And this is something that the Rebbe speaks about very strongly in many, many ways. According to the Archaim HaKadosh, that there's going to be a giloy of the Sharanun of Tumah in the end of days. Now, again, according to all of the different tzaddikim, for the Leshem, the Sharanun of Tumah is the only access that we have to the Sharanun of Kedusha. So this is not meant to scare us, and it's not meant to be, oy vey, it's shver, we have to repent, we have to repent, we have to do tshuva, but this doesn't mean that we're worse off. In fact, like we spoke about last week, we have a greater opportunity to reveal the light of Kedusha than any generation before us. And the Rebbe goes in and he explains that the Rebbe has always spoken about two central elements which represent what the Rebbe sees as the, the klipos, hatameos of our generation. And, and there's a certain need to expand upon these ideas for, for an audience that is not typically the audience that the Rebbe is speaking to, but typically Bederach Klal is difficult as it is to admit to very often when a tzaddik makes a proclamation or a tzaddik emes makes a proclamation, a proclamation in the core of all of the reasons, there's also an element of low plug. There's also an element that these, these klalim are, are applicable to everybody. Uh, each person according to their own level, that's a, that's a purely aspirational statement. This is not uh, somebody who's in the circle speaking to those who are outside of the circle. This is someone outside of the circle, theoretically speaking to people also outside the circle or maybe to people inside the circle. But what the Rebbe has always spoken about is, is the internet, is access to unbridled information. Look, uh, on a certain level, the low plug aspect of this becomes real because even if that started off as an Indian of Shmira Sainayim and a person needs to have, you know, filters and this and that in whatever way they do it, there, there's, there's a real argument that can be made that the internet itself is just the mistake that has created everything bad in reality, that this historical moment that we're in right now would not be possible without this, this global expression of information sharing and awareness and a stuckness and an addiction to news at hyper speed and, and just being, being destroyed and beaten up and, and tortured by just news that is in front of our eyes every moment. Somebody, my brother sent me a, a picture. Someone said, there's just no way that human beings were supposed to know the thoughts of so many people let alone exactly what was happening in every corner of existence. It's simply untenable. And so there's room to see. And then the other one for the Rebbe is, is addictive substances. The Rebbe is very strong, like Rabbi Nachman was as well, against intoxicants, either because it was a cheap way forward to the light or because like we speak about, the Rebbe is very, very aware of the core central tenant of where spirituality comes from. It's a craving of the soul for something profoundly bigger than itself. And the danger of intoxicants, Lafianias Daiti, and each person according to their own level, and each person in accordance with their own understanding, is that it stands as a stand-in towards the spiritual quest. That that if if the spiritual quest, if the desire to connect Hakadosh Baruch Hu exists beyond the system, then the last rung of the system is intoxicants, because there's quite literally no thing in the world, no object in the world that provides nearly as much comfort or sense of well-being or or, or temporary sense of comfort than chemicals. They have the ability to manipulate the basic structures of our minds, the the neurotransmitters, and and it is a stand-in. It, it's a it's like Mishle talks so often about, about the Shifcha Bisha, this embarrassing slave woman who takes the place of the princess. And obviously, if they're going to be mixed up in their place, they're obviously very close to one another, right? They obviously have to look very similar to one another. So the Rebbe says that these elements in our experience nowadays, this Shas Sakana that we find ourselves in so intensely, demands 
demands that we gain access to the biggest substance of them all, to the biggest place of information. The Rebbe always likes to say that this klipa of the ability to know all information at any moment is a totsa'a. It comes down to us from what other Marishan experienced when he was able to see me soifa oilam ad soifo. That there's an orchoser of a certain kedusha of wanting to see everything and knowing everything at once, but now we have it in a in a destructive in a destructive way. And according to the rabbi, he says as follows: And it's no longer a question of being holy enough to contemplate the unity of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's no longer being tahor enough to contemplate the ultimate unity of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's a question of, am I sick enough to need this at every second in my life? And the Tamid and the Baal Shem Tov understood the secret of Mibisari Echazeh, that it's from my flesh that I shall grasp a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And all of the Tzadikim and all of the Mephorshim point out that the flesh is the site of Chisaron. It's the site of lack. So when I acknowledge my lack, when I acknowledge that it's from within my own experience that I have to come and contemplate HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then my experience is always one of dire straits. And therefore, the only access point that I have towards Kedusha is that Yichadilah, is that willingness to uh, suspend my disbelief for but a moment and to let go and let God, as they say, to let go and let HaKadosh Baruch Hu run the show for but a minute, to taste the sweet taste of Menuchas Emes Sha'atarot Seba, that Menucha, that that comes along with the contemplation of Ein Oid Milvado, that there's nothing but a Kaddish Baruch Hu. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing that can harm me. There's nothing that can harm me without the light of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And even in the harm, it's a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And even in the darkness, it's a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Up, down, right, left, everywhere. Do, do, do. Everything is a Kaddish Baruch Hu. That's the medicine necessary for someone sick enough, for someone broken enough, for someone aware enough to feel the need to call themselves ever so slightly a Talmud of the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh. And Bezras Hashem should be zoiche, to, to realize this without Yisurin, to realize that we're in dire straits without being forced into a place of dire straits. The Rebbe is talking very, very much about the need for tzaddikim to recognize that Mashiach comes through Rachamim. The Melchamos do not have to be Melchamos of Din. They do not have to be wars of difficulty and struggle. If a person encounters their battle, in Talmud Torah, in learning, in Sveikos and Amuna, then they take away the force, the energy that gives life to those external battles as well. Like the Chedush Arim, Rav Yitzhak Meyer, altar of Gur, would say, he said that Be'emes, the Iker Milchama of Gogu Magog, is going to be the difficulty that a Jewish person has paying attention and having Kavana in Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. And again, just realizing now, connecting the, the specific Pasuk, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, is Gufa Yichadila. That's the Melchama. The Melchama is recognizing that we need Yichadila. And when we live with a sense of Yichadila, then the Melchama stop being so frightening and all of the difficulties stop being so difficult. It doesn't take away the difficult experience of being human, but it offers us the comfort of Menuchas Emes Sha'atarot Seba to live in that place of Ravadaravin, of Enoid Mavado, of the Yichari Law, that Bain Lamala, Bain Lamata, on the Darg of Radla, that Akadush Baruch Hu is everything and everywhere, both concealment and revelation, both light and darkness. Bezrus Hashem, we have a tzaddik in our generation feeding us these waters, forcing us to, for those who are willing to listen, to drink from the waters of Yichari La until you don't even realize that you can't think any other way anymore. It's more difficult to contemplate Yichari Tata. Nowadays, we all know Kaddish Baruch Hu is everywhere. Bezras Hashem, we should be zochet to Gula Barachamim, we should be zochet to be Makusher to the tzaddikim amitim, and Bezras Hashem, we should enter just a little bit further into the sea, into the Yama Chachma.